Civic Circle is a youth-led podcast by the Bucks County Beacon tackling politics and policy from a Gen Z lens. I'm your co-host, Sarah. I'm Mallory. And I'm Alexandra. And we're all students from Bucks County, Pennsylvania, chatting about activism, advocacy, and all the political happenings affecting our generation today. We're focusing on PA politics and want to serve as a call to action for all young people to get involved in the civic process and demand change. Welcome back to the third episode of The Civic Circle. We hope y'all are doing well. With municipal elections coming up soon on Tuesday, November 7th, we wanted to spend this episode just focusing on why local races are so important and encourage you all to make sure you go out and vote. We know that the majority, if not all of our listeners, are already actively engaged in democracy and vote far more frequently than the average citizen. However, we also know that there is a lack of coverage and familiarity with the positions that are up for our election in the off years. Yeah, I just filled out my absentee ballot and I am pretty politically engaged, but even I was not sure exactly what some of the positions were that I was voting for. I normally use Ballotpedia as the source of almost all my political questions since it does a really good job at highlighting even hyper-local candidates in pretty small elections, but some people running are just so locally focused that you have to really dig deep on like Facebook to find anything. I completely agree. It can definitely be hard to kind of find information about local candidates. Um, So thank goodness for, you know, the information that we get from local journalism, because it would definitely be way harder without that. So in our last episode, we highlighted school board races because they are a part of the local election process on off years. And they arguably may be the most high pressure race in Bucks County right now. But that doesn't mean that other races are any less important. So we wanted to dedicate the majority of this episode to interviewing Judy Dixon and Jen Herring, who are running for um, election and re-election, respectively, for the Doylestown Township Board of Supervisors. But before we do that, um, we wanted to kind of talk about some of the other positions that will be on your ballot this year and what those people actually represent. So first, let's cover some of the judicial positions that are up this year. The judge of the state Supreme Court, judge of the Superior Court, and judge of the Commonwealth Court, and judge of the Court of Common Pleas are all up. Yeah, I had to Google the last three earlier because I voted for them in the past, but I still don't really understand what they are. That's totally understandable. I didn't know much about them either until I did some research, which definitely helped. Um, The judge of the state of the Supreme Court works closely with the Pennsylvania Commonwealth Constitution, and in the cases that become that come before them, the judge decides based on state law, as well as normal judge duties, like writing judicial opinions and conducting legal research. I feel like the duties that the state Supreme Court judges do are what people generally think that all judges do, but there's a wide range of them. Um, an example of a type of judge that doesn't do that, though, are the judges of the state Supreme or the Superior Courts. Uh, they primarily focus on reviewing cases that come from lower, lower trial courts. They don't conduct trials or hear witnesses, but instead review the records and legal arguments from the lower courts to determine if any errors remain in the application of the law. Um, they're also responsible for thoroughly analyzing the legal issues presented in the cases before them. What does the case process typically look like for the Superior Court? So usually judges of Superior Court engage in a legal process where they review the lower trials court decisions. So legal arguments from both parties and relevant statutes and case law. Their opinions serve as legal precedences and guide lower courts, attorneys, and and the public on how the law should be applied in similar cases. That sounds pretty similar to the Supreme Court or the circuit courts that also operate around the U.S. What about the Commonwealth Court? 
So the judges of the Commonwealth Court usually like work on a specialized court in Pennsylvania, and they primarily deal with cases involving things like government, state agencies, um, and things like administrative law. And I think one thing that is important to note about them is that they don't handle criminal or civil cases in the same way that trial courts do. Um, instead, they serve as an appellate court. What is an appellate court? And also, what does the case process look like for the Commonwealth Court as compared to the Superior Court? So the Commonwealth Court's position as an appellate court means it reviews cases on appeal from lower courts and administrative agencies. So a significant part of the Commonwealth Court's caseload involves reviewing decisions made by various state agencies. So what kind of issues does the Commonwealth Court tackle? So the Commonwealth Court cases often involve um, disputes between citizens and state government agencies, regulatory manners, zoning issues, and other administrative law disputes. Other topics um, of the cases can include things, um, you know, that are related to environmental regulation, um, taxation, workers' compensation, land use, and more. That makes sense. So a lot of stuff just focused on regulation and the state government. So now let's move on to some of the more localized positions that are up for election this year that affect just our county, our townships, or even more hyperlocal than that. The positions that we'll cover next include county commissioners, the register of wills, county treasurer, treasurer, clerk of courts, coroner, and auditor. Let's start with the county commissioner, which is one of the biggest races in Bucks today with Diane Ellis Marseglia and Bob Harvey running for re-election on the Democratic ticket. What do county commissioners do? Basically, county commissioners have a ton of tasks that mainly focus on, as the name describes, the upkeep of the county. Uh, Some of their duties include budgeting and appropriation of funds for all the county activities and building and maintaining um, county roads. County commissioners make and enforce civil and criminal resolutions as well and ordinances not in conflict with state law. This includes those for land use and building construction. And additionally, as if they weren't busy enough, they support and implement state and federal mandates and have execute oversight of all appointed county agencies. I would also like to add that commissioners oversee the construction and maintenance of public buildings, um, you know, fixing the tax levies for the county and its subordinate jurisdictions, authorizing payments owed by the county and auditing all officers having control of county monies, um, managing county property and county funds, and prosecuting and defending all actions for and against the county. They definitely take um, on a large amount of responsibility. I feel tired after even reading that. (laughs) Yeah, that is so much stuff. And I think it's really important to highlight how big of a role county commissioners play and how a county is run and operated and they don't really get enough recognition for all of the work that they do. No, agreed. I mean, you know, let's next talk about the register of wills, which is exactly as it sounds, the person who manages wills and makes sure that they're all valid when a person passes away. So they basically keep records of wills, estate inventories, and all related documents and also act as an agent for filing and paying inherent inheritance taxes. Did not know that was an elected position. No, me too. Um, I never really thought about who did it, honestly. I mean, anyways, outside of normal wills, they issue letters of administration when a resident dies without a will. And additionally, they hold a quasi-judicial position and, if necessary, conduct hearings to determine who should be appointed as executor or administrator of an estate. That is so interesting that that's a person that we have to vote for. I, I, I agree with you. I've never thought about who really did that. It's also interesting that it's placed on the ballot as a partisan position when it doesn't seem like that partisan of a job. Now, what what about the county treasurer? 
So the county treasurer position makes a lot more sense and is pretty straightforward. They receive all money um, due to the county from its collecting officers or any other persons whose duty it is to pay money into the county treasury. What other tasks do they do? So like commissioners, the county treasurer also has a lot of different side tasks. Um, these include things like dis dispersing funds in line with local law, investing surplus funds, maintaining financial records, and so much more. There's a lot of maintenance that goes into any sort of treasurer position, and the county treasurer job is definitely no different. Let's go back to judici judicial position for a second um, to talk about the clerk of courts, which... The clerk of courts is a judicial clerk who assists with all of the administrative and operational support for a judge. They prepare dockets of cases, issue orders of the court, prepare schedules, swear people in, and so much more. This is a crucial position in making sure that the local judicial area functions operate smoothly. Definitely. So let's wrap up with two final hyperlocal positions, the coroner and the auditor. I had no idea that a coroner was also an elected position. Um, for you don't know, for all of you who don't know, it's the person who conducts investigations to examine causes of death and we perform autopsies. But there may be some more political or judicial aspects of the job. Um, they assist law enforcement with the death investigation, maintain records, help relatives obtain insurance and burial benefits, and may even provide information by testifying at hearings and court trials. Finally, the Board of Auditors is charged with auditing, settling, and adjusting the accounts of all elected or appointed officials of the township. They also oversee a township's board or agencies that received or dispersed funds owed during the preceding calendar year. So we really hope that that overview helped you in how you're going to vote this year and comprehending the ballot for the municipal elections this year, because I know it sure helped me. Now we're going to turn it over to our special guests, Judy Dixon and Jen Herring, who are running for the Doylestown Township Board of Supervisors. They'll help us understand what this position is and why it's important to get out and vote in your local elections. Hi, Judy and Jen. Welcome to the Pacific Circle. So could we start off with both of you kind of introducing yourselves and what kind of motivated you to run for the Doylestown Township Board of Supervisors? All right, I guess I'll, I'll go first. Um, I'm Jen Herring. I am one of the current township supervisors. I'm running for re-election. Initially, I decided to run for, um, for supervisor kind of as a, a way to give back to the community. I think you see that a lot with candidates that really love doing the work, and it's actually the right motivation when it comes to running for office. I, When my daughter was really little, we went to Kids Castle, which is like a playground in, in, in Doylestown, and it had graffiti all over it. And I just, I wanted to do something. So I tried to get some moms together and, and clean up that castle and make it uh, something that the community could be proud of again. And it turned into a huge renovation project. And, and after that, I kind of I caught the bug and I just need, I needed to do something to help the community. So I decided to run. Yeah. And um, I'll echo a lot of what Jen is saying. I mean, we're so fortunate. We live in this beautiful area. Doylestown Township is just gorgeous. Um, it's a beautiful place to live. I feel very privileged to live here, to have raised my kids here. I've lived here in Doylestown Township for 25 years, Bucks County, my entire life, uh, or most of my, all my adult life anyway. I've been involved with different groups. I've helped other candidates get elected. Um, it is fun to work on the projects together, um, you know, to build the community. Um, community engagement is is actually a wonderful thing. I wish I had I'd done it at, at your age. I think it's wonderful that you're doing that. But community engagement is just a really great way um, to 
meet more people in your community, to be part of a process to bring, to bring the betterment of the community and to, to meet more of your neighbors. If you're not meeting your neighbors, one thing you can do is just get more civically involved. In my work world, I recently retired, but in my work world, we worked with a collaborative process where um, all ideas were heard and listened to and, and you did your research and you came up with the best solution that would work for most of the people. It doesn't work for all the people all the time, but that is something similar that an elected official needs to do is to listen and to put the, to be, the best plans forward. And I think that's what Jen does as township supervisor now. So we're very fortunate to have Jen Herring as our township supervisor. Yeah, for sure. And our next question kind of goes into that. Um, Jen, we know that you're currently serving. So we wanted to ask exactly what you do and what does your day-to-day -day kind of look like? Oh, so so every day is different. It all depends on, on what comes in front of me. So our the meetings that most people know are the public meetings. So that's once a month. We'll get together for a couple hours, all five of the board, um, the supervisors on the board. It's open to the public and the public can bring about any questions that they have about projects that we're going through, any issues that they have in the township. But I mean, it could be, it could vary from, from topics about sewer systems or playgrounds or even backyard chickens has been a, a recent one that we've, we've had. So it, it really is an interesting uh, job. Now that's the public meetings that we have. We also have um, as supervisors at the beginning of each year, uh, the supervisors choose among themselves who gets to sit as liaison to different committees. And those are important because that's where a lot of the research, a lot of the background of the work that we do comes from. So we have committees like a planning committee that plans the how we're gonna zone the township, whether you're gonna have residential homes, industrial, that type of thing. And that also goes into the backyard chickens where you can have chickens. Um, we have an environmental advisory council. They focus obviously on the environment, uh, finance committee and parks and rec and many, many, many others. And those are all citizen run. And as liaison, you sit there and you just act as a go between the citizens on that board and the board of supervisors, as well as the public. And I have been chosen to be on a lot of those really heavy hitting ones, um, primarily because I have um, a financial background. I'm a CPA. Um, so I'm on a lot of the uh, the financial and, of course, the Environmental Advisory Council, because that is one of the things that I feel very passionate about. Um, so that's the, the typical day to day is those meetings that we have. But I also get emails and phone calls. I'm going to be working with the Girl Scout, the Girl Scout troop coming up, uh, planning a visit. So that's that's some of the enjoyable stuff that I get to do. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. Um, Judy, what has the campaign trail been like for smaller scale elections? So things like how frequently do you work with outside organizations, local parties and volunteers? Well, smaller scale operations like the the, uh, the odd year elections are generally less well known to the general public uh, than obviously like next year will be, you know, the presidential election, um, Congress election, right? So the local elections, the news sources just aren't as 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 adequate or as as easy to find, right? So even though local government like your township affects everyday lives, it's your roads, it's your sewers, you know, it's your clean drinking water, uh, your parks. I mean, that's so important, and yet, you know, people generally don't notice any issues when things run smoothly. I used to own uh, paint and pottery in town. I started that 25 years ago. It's still up and running today on its third owner. But I, we would always say like when the when the door was clean, no one ever noticed. But when the door was dirty, people noticed. So I think that's a lot about governance is, you know, the local governance has been good for the township 
so making awareness about, you know, having the right people, uh, electing the right people and paying attention to township issues is super important. And, and we saw what happened with the school boards when people weren't paying atten attention to what was happening. And then you, you, you see these people that have an agenda and they get on these boards or uh, they run for an office. And it's not the majority view, it's it's the minority view. So running a smaller scale campaign uh, or running for township supervisor is 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 really an awareness. What a lot of what I do is canvas. I go out and I've I've knocked on almost a thousand doors, probably over a thousand doors. And that's probably the one of the best parts about it is I am a people person, so I really like to meet people. Um, and listen to different points of view and introduce myself. So that's what's involved. And um, in terms of lo local organizations, we are, Jen and I are both running as Democrats. So we do get some help from the party. People will sometimes come out from the Democratic Party to help us. Uh, the Doylestown Democrats has been a good group for us to, to, to help us and a resource for us. But also friends will come out and they'll canvas with us. And um, just, you know, again, raising most of the canvas, most of getting out there is, is the canvassing, you know, literature, that kind of thing. We're, you know, we're not getting newspaper ads. <laughs> we're, not, we're not getting uh, newspaper articles written about us, I should say. I mean, there's there's been a few, but mostly the issues are, are, are not inflammatory. So again, that's a good thing <laughs> that, that people don't have to pay attention in as much. But then the other side is that they're not paying attention enough. So. Wow, a thousand doors is definitely an accomplishment. So you should be very proud of that. Um, so this is kind of like a three-part question, um, mainly for Jen. So the first part is how do you engage with constituents and the community as a township supervisor? Well, one of the main ways I engage is to actually go out in the community. I go to the township events where there's a lot of families. We do um, a concert series every summer, uh, some incredible bands, and um, and I go sell the 50-50 raffle tickets. And while I'm doing that, I talk to people. I also try and engage through social media. I think that's an important place where people do ask questions. And it's also a really important place for you to see uh, what the concerns are of the constituents because they feel free to say whatever they, you know, whatever they're feeling at the time. So I, I do put a, a little bit of weight on social media when it comes to these things. Um, I know which roads are bad and it's partially because I drive on them and partially because I see on social media people saying there are lots of potholes on this road. So I engage in, in a lot of different ways. Um, email is, an, is another way that I, I get in touch with a lot of people almost always if you ever need to reach out to me and ask me a question you could always email me um, my email is on on the Doylestown Township webpage and that's where I get a lot of uh, contact with the constituents yeah it's great to hear how engaged you are with them that's definitely something that we want in our elected officials so that's amazing um, so the second part of the question is have your relationships with others changed through holding an elected position so the only thing I can think of that's changed is that I've got to, gotten to meet a lot of different people, people with different ideas on how things should work in the township uh, that you don't see in a lot of government. You see, especially you, when you're talking about like the higher level government is I, uh, I talk to a lot of Republicans. I'm, as Ju Judy said, that we're, we're Democrats. We talk to a lot of Republicans and independent and we work really well with them. And that's something that 
that I think we should be doing and I and having the opportunity to do it on the township has really, really uh, changed a lot of uh, my perspective when it comes to some of the, the issues that we that we uh, that we have to deal with on a day to day basis. I've learned how to negotiate and have thorough conversations, pleasant, like uh, actual uh, disagreements that aren't disagreeable, as they say. So that's that's been one of the biggest changes in my relationships with people is just widening that that uh, that tent of people that I can talk to and rely on for good advice. Yeah, that's wonderful to hear. Um, so the last part is, what prior experiences do you think set you up to become a supervisor or kind of help you market yourself to voters? Well, I think because I'm running as as an incumbent, I have um, I have a background of working across the aisle. Um, we've we've done a lot of work that has made this township better. Uh, one of my biggest goals was to get accreditation for our police department. Our police department is very is a very strong police department in in the area, and with accreditation, it gives them uh, the ability to get grant funding. Uh, for more equipment, better training, um, and even more officers. So I'm very proud of that. Um, my experience also with the different committees that I've been on with the finance committee, I've gone through budgeting. I understand how that works. So a lot of my experience at the supervisor level has is going to make me an even stronger uh, supervisor in my second term. Now, prior to that, uh, like I said, I was a CPA. And once I became more seasoned, they allow you to pick your industry that you want to focus on. I worked for one of the largest CPA firms in the world, and I decided that I wanted to go into nonprofits and government and small business because I really wanted something that kind of fed my soul. And it was very difficult to find that in the accounting field. It's almost, you know, you have to work hard to find something like that. So having that background, I was able to tell people that I do understand budgeting. I do understand how the government works, and I do understand the concept of long-term investments for the greater good. So this question is to both of you. Uh, what is the number one issue that you both want to tackle in office? Uh, I can start. Uh, it's Judy. Um, well, I think the number one issue uh, always is, uh, is safety. Safety is the primary driver of everything we do. If we're not safe, we really can't move from anywhere else. And I think we are I think we are safe in the township. I think we're very fortunate um, with, a, with a, a relatively low crime rate. Not a lot of issues, but we, we do have to maintain the safety. But safety doesn't just, um, it's just not crime, right? It's also safe drinking water. Uh, it's uh, safe roads and for cyclists, for people that walk, for your cars. Uh, that's that's so important. So um, we, we do need to make sure that we have that. I also think green initiatives have to be also part of that safety concern. We've seen more tornadoes hit this area in the past decade than has ever happened before. You know, I mean, it hit Central Bucks West High School Stadium. Um, it hit the Children's Village and um, just tore it apart. We we need to address climate change as much as we can on a local level. I'd love to do what what we can as township supervisors in our in our roles uh, directly in the processes that we might be able to use and maybe processes that we could potentially implement uh, across the township to uh, you know to to limit uh, the waste to reuse recycle whatever we can. Uh, we have some really great committees at the township that are motivated to potentially looking at a plastic bag ban as they've done in Doylestown Borough. And hopefully that's something that will be able to come through fruition um, in, in the coming years. 
So for, for me, the number one issue is, is, is planning for the future. So, um, and, and like Judy said, environment is, is a huge part of that. Uh, the Doyle, the supervisors over the, my past first term, we have uh, dedicated ourselves to transitioning to 100% renewable energy by 2035 and carbon neutral by 2040 and 100% uh, renewable for heat and transportation by 2050. It's a, a program called Ready for 100. It's a, it's a global program uh, that we've committed to. And I truly believe that that's an important part of planning in the future. Um, also investing in our infrastructure as part of planning for our future. Uh, in the past, and it seems like a relatively minor thing, but it really does impact everybody's day to day, is um, in the past, we were repairing roads by filling potholes. And of course, winter comes and those, pot those potholes, um, the filler pops right out. And so we've decided to do a, um, a program called the Accelerated Road Program, where we found a way to finance doing a program where we grind down the roads and rebuild them so that they'll be there for 20, 30 years before we need to repair them again. Uh, so investments like that are really important. And of course, strengthening our community. We see so much vitriol right now in government and it trickles down to our neighbors. And um, I think it's really important for us to have a place, have a have a township, have a board of supervisors that can demonstrate uh, civility. And I think that's part of strengthening the community as well as having wonderful park and rec events that can bring people together. So that's that's my number one issue is, is planning for the future. Absolutely. And I think planning and safety are both so crucial to our community. So it's really awesome to hear that you both are prioritizing that. Um, to This question is also to both of you all. Were you, were you previously involved in local elections before you decided to run for the township supervisor position? And why are local elections so important to you? Um, I can start with this one. Um, so... Prior to my running for board, uh, for the Board of Supervisors back in 2017, I worked at the polls. I started out just volunteering where I, I would work on the machines and, and welcome people and sign people in when they came to vote. And then after that, I ran for judge of elections in my township. And I just I kept going as part of in my involvement in the elections. I just I found it not only really rewarding, I got to see my neighbors. Uh, I felt like I was doing my civic duty, but it, it, it became it became a passion of mine to, to be involved that way. Local elections are incredibly important because local elections are where your life gets affected the most. Your roads, your schools, your police, everything that surrounds your home and your family is all related to local offices. Um, so, uh, it's really important to have people come out and vote on local elections. And one of the other reasons why is because your vote counts more. Because there's a lower turnout, your voice gets heard. You get a larger percentage of, uh, your, uh, of, the, of your voice being heard at local elections. So, uh, so definitely make sure you come out to vote. Yeah, I mean, I, I was uh, always listened a lot to national politics. And then uh, I started... Uh, just trying to dig and find more uh, more information on local local elections. Um, Spotlight PA does a great job of local issues that you can uh, learn more about. 
and and the things that go on in Harrisburg. So, you know, like even learning more about what your state rep or your um, your state senator does can be found in um, in in the Spotlight PA. And I, if you if you can subscribe to that, like once a week, they have a week in review because it's it's really germane to you know whether it's an abortion issue, if we're going to be able to keep it legal here in Pennsylvania or not. My daughter-in-law recently was subject to um, a law where a non-compete and it wasn't like she was making hundreds of thousands of dollars, but she had to drive two hours to find a job because it was within a limit. I mean, those kind of little things affect your everyday life and they are local elections. That's your state center, your state, your state representative. And you can call them and get information on, on you know, to, to have an agenda. Yeah, I see that at the township meetings. When I go to the township meetings, if you have something that you want to have happen and you show up at the township meeting once, maybe a couple of times, the, the township supervisors are going to listen to you and your input is going to be heard. I think it's it's people don't realize that if you don't raise your voice, if you don't get involved, you're not going to have a say in what happens. So, you know, A, voting is so important and learning about the issues, but B, you know, I hope more people will consider also running running for office. I know it took me a long time to think about doing it myself even because it was always someone else doing it. But if it is you, you do get a seat at the table and you you can help make good decisions and listen to what other people need to have happened as well as yourself. But um, yeah, I think it's super um, important to be involved locally um, and just get out there, go to go to meetings. Actually, if you go to your, if you're a Republican, go to your Republican meetings. If you're a Democrat, go to your Democratic meetings. Sorry, independents, you don't really get a meeting to go to. But <laughs> if you show up at these meetings, you're gonna meet your local elected officials. You're gonna meet, you know, the judge is running, right? I, you're, you're gonna meet, uh, your state senator, your state representative, uh, the different judges that are running across the state. I've had Jill Beck here in my house. Um, there's just so much that you can do if you get involved. And, um, you know, the politicians listen to the people that speak up. Okay, so your elected leaders are going to listen to you if you if you show up. If you don't show up, you're not getting anywhere. So I, I hope uh, I hope young people will continue to do more of that. And I, I've been so impressed with if the school board uh, things that are going on have have been so so negative in, in so many ways. The good things that have come out are that people are really realize that they have to they have to keep their eyes open and they have to pay attention. So kudos to you all. Yeah, um, it's definitely nice to see you know like young people getting involved in you know local politics and stuff that really matters for all of us. So our next question also um, kind of has to do with that. So as we know, the Civic Circle takes a special focus on youth involvement. So in both your opinions, what is the importance of Gen Z engagement in local elections and just like general politics in America? Um, what is something that you admire about Gen Z and the way they interact with politics? And what is something you'd like to better understand about Gen Z? All right. Uh, so why is uh, Gen Z involvement important? It's important because what matters to you might not be known by other generations, by the older generations. We might not know that you're struggling with, say, housing, which we do know that that's an issue. And if you don't involve yourself, if not you specifically, but if Gen Z doesn't involve themselves, that means that their voice is not going to be heard. You're relying on people who might not understand all the things that you you want and need from the government to make the decisions for you. So in 
I think that Gen Z needs to feel empowered to be able to take on that responsibility to be able to mold the future the way they need it molded because someday it's going to be Gen Z that's going to be taking a lot of the responsibilities when we start getting to the age where we're retiring. So I think that's that's one of the, the really important reasons why Gen Z should get involved, especially now, because this is when you're going to start formulating these things. You're just going to start really thinking about the things that you're going to need now, what you're going to need in five years, 10 years, 20 years. Some of the things that I admire about Gen Z is, is the energy that the generation has, the enthusiasm. Um, you're not backing down from a fight. You know, you realize that something needs to be changed and Gen Z seems to take the initiative and, and, and try and make that change. So that's something that I really admire and I hope it continues. It's very easy to become complacent uh, and, that, uh, and hopefully that's, that doesn't happen with Gen Z. They'll just carry on. And what do I want to understand better? I want to I understand how to get more Gen Z to participate in the process. Now, I, I believe I read that Gen Z has had a pretty decent turnout for a younger generation when it comes to voting. Uh, so it's not just Gen Z, it's pretty much everybody. And I guess maybe that's a cop out to the answer or the, to the question, but really more participation really needs to happen in, in all age groups, but I'll say Gen Z as well. For me, I think the first question is, what do I most admire? Can you repeat that question again? Yeah, of course. So the first part of the question is, what do you think the importance of Gen Z engagement in local elections and like just national politics in general is? So I think it's I think climate change is real. <laughs> and I think if the timeline is dwindling, right, to kind of right the ship or get the ship as right as we can get it. So I think it's it's really important for youth in particular um, to do what they can to band together, because I think that's one thing too, Jen and I, we talked about individually, but as a group, I, you really do get more momentum as a group joining together um, with an organization, right? So either starting an organization, getting people with you or joining an organization and being a, an activist part of that would be really important uh, in order to make movement on the climate change, climate uh, change. Um, you know, the, the, the kids, I think it was the kids in Montana that sued the state and, and won. Uh, that was, that was amazing. Uh, who would have thought they would have gotten that far? Just a little bit of effort and a lot of gumption and working together. That was a tremendous process. So I, I certainly admire those kids. I admire the kids in the Central Park School District very much who are, doing what they can, going to school board meetings and letting their voices be heard, letting themselves be vulnerable, speaking up in front of a crowd. It's so completely impressive. It's just the benefit of the bad. I mean, I don't know how any other way to say it, but it's, you, you know, the youth have just been tremendous and uh, kudos to them. I hope it takes them on a good road because we will need good leadership in coming years. What I'd like to better understand is um, the tribalism that we face as adults, you know, we see it, sometimes we see it with our own families. What, what is that like as for young people? Are you all sticking to your own tribe or do you try and get across different lines to, to build bridges? Because I think that that's something Jen and I, actually, it's part of our campaign is building bridges. And I do think that we have to work together in a bipartisan manner. And I think we might have differences of opinions on how to get things done, but it's not personal, right? We don't attack people personally. 
we do know how to compromise. And as Janet said earlier, you know, we know how to have a disagreement on a subject, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's, I don't like you or you're wrong. It just means this is where I stand. Where do you stand? Okay, well, let me explain why I stand that way. And then you explain why you stand that way. And maybe as we start to understand where the other person's coming from, we can find something that works. And um, I think that's what a, a, that's what I've seen Jen Herring do as township supervisor. I think that's why she and I have both gotten bipartisan support from uh, Republicans uh, across, across a wide spectrum um, that are supporting uh, Democrats instead of their own Republican candidates. Uh, because they do understand, Jenna's understand the um, the ability to 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 compromise and work together to get things done for the betterment of 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 all. And I hope to also be that township supervisor. I think it's great to know people running for public office are one aware of Gen Z, we're also interested in involving us. And our final question for you guys, actually, uh, is there if there was one thing you could tell young voters about yourselves uh, or why they should vote for you, what would it be? Oh gosh, what didn't I say? Uh, I, I do believe in a collaborative process. Um, I think that's important um, to listen to people and to, to understand what where people are coming from before making decisions. Um, I think you have to do the work as well. Uh, you have to, you know, put in the time to research a subject, just like when before you're taking a test or you're taking an exam. Anything, an issue that comes before you, you have to really put the time in and the energy in to um, make sure that you do understand the subject and you're not just whipping it through, that you're asking the right questions and you're asking the tough questions and everything is considered um, before you make a decision. I'm definitely that type of person, um, kind of an energizer bunny. If I, that didn't come across already, I'm bouncing in my chair as I'm talking to you. I, I have energy, but I also have some wisdom over the years to hopefully um, still understand and look at things at a new perspective and, and try to make the best decisions uh, for, for the, for the township first and always for the people of the township first. Yeah, that's uh, for me um, really what I want to impress on, on you is that my goal is always to look to the future. I think I brought that up earlier in this, this, this interview um, my daughter is Gen Z. So when I think about the future of Doylestown, I oftentimes think of, of how I want Doylestown Township to be for, for my child. Um, and to me, that means a clean environment, clean water, clean air, uh, housing that she can afford, a job that pays enough to have her feel secure, um, and, and, and being able to have a community that she can feel at home in. Um, so to me, when I make decisions at the township, it's really looking at this, this is how I want to see the township in the future. And I, and, and if, if voters want the same type of vision, then I ask that they vote for me and they ask, and I ask that they vote for Judy on November 7th or before November 7th by mail, um, because I really do think that that's what the township needs. Awesome. Do you guys have any other final closing thoughts or comments for us? Uh, just that I very much admire the podcast and uh, the enthusiasm that you bring to it and the information that's shared. And I'm really excited that more uh, young people will listen to it and uh, be motivated to get more involved. Yeah, but my final thoughts are just thank you so much for having us on. This is a really wonderful interview, and I look forward to hearing more of your podcast in the future. 
thank you so much. So that was such an insightful conversation into the world of local elections, campaigning on a smaller scale and community engagement. Um, it was really interesting to hear what Judy and Jen had to say. Um, and we're greatly appreciative to them. And, um, you know, we're really thankful for the work of all the volunteers and local parties helping to support candidates in the 2023 cycle. It's incredible to see and hear about the commitment that Jen and Judy have to serve their constituents through holding an elected office. It's also a reminder that anyone can run for office as long as you have a passion for helping those around you. Absolutely. And thank you again to those who are working hard to build progressive power, um, people power for the upcoming November election. We have to amplify your voices through the civic circle and empower you to continue doing the work that you're already doing. As we close out, let me just issue a final very, very, very important reminder to make sure to either complete and submit your absentee ballot if you haven't already, or mark it on your calendar to go out and vote on Tuesday, November 7th. For any questions you may have regarding your voting location, accessibility, Dropbox locations, or other concerns, we encourage you to check the website of the Bucks County Board of Elections, which can be found at buckscounty.gov. I also highly recommend that anybody interested in getting more involved in the democratic process or making some money sign up to be a poll worker this year. I worked a whole day at the polls for $200, which is a lot of money, and you have to meet some incredible people, often even the candidates themselves who come in to vote, as well as participate in the vote counting process. It's a really great way to get involved and the Board of Elections is always looking for more people. You can also find this information on buckscounty.gov. And for those of you who don't think sitting for hours is your jam, we encourage you to volunteer to support your local candidates by either signing up to get out the vote through door knocking, phone banking, or text banking, or even being a poll greeter and informing voters about the candidates right before they head in to cast their ballots. You can do this by reaching out to the Bucks County Democratic Committee, which will connect you with the candidates or get you signed up for volunteer shift. Their website is bucksdemocrat.org. And with that, we're out. See you at the polls. Thank you for listening to The Civic Circle, a podcast by the Bucks County Beacon. I've been your co-host, Alexandra, Sarah, and Mallory. The music is Bit On It by Silent Partner. For more progressive insight and analysis on Bucks County, Pennsylvania, go to www.buckscountybeacon.com. Don't forget to join us for our next episode on the outcome of these elections and the analysis of how Bucks County will move forward politically into 2024. Follow at Bucks Co. Beacon on Twitter for updates.